Well, hey, Webcast fans, we're here with issue 30. Issue 30, I said that with a question mark. Um, I don't know why. Only the baddie Marvel bullpen could present such a truly dazzling display of daring do as the claws of the cat. There's a uh, pretty great um, word art of the claws of the cat, too. On the word claws, all the uh, tips of the letters are, you know, in pointy claws, and cat is fuzzy, and the A has, you know, ears slash eyes and whiskers. So uh, some someone someone had a little extra energy, and I, I'm into it. So the first three panels just give us kind of an update where uh, Betty is still sort of on her fainting couch because, you know, she witnessed the scorpion trying to kill J. Jonah Jameson, which is sort of annoying when you read these comics, but also feels sort of realistic because, like, if a supervillain crashed into my workplace and then uh, tried to kill my boss and then a superhero came and saved the day, but not without basically destroying the entire office, I think I would be, like, down for a few days. You know what I mean? I, to take it to a dark place, it's like, well, if a mass shooting occurs at your work, do you go back the next day? It seems like maybe you take a week. Way to bring up mass shootings as a at the beginning of this fun podcast where we go through Amazing Spider-Man issue by issue. Um, Aunt May is still having her fainting spells, and uh, Peter Parker is roaming around as Spider-Man. And then we meet the cat, who is a cat burglar, um, and his outfit sucks. It's basically, it's just utilitarian. It's like a jumpsuit. Now, he's got like a balaclava on with his whole face revealed. I'm not really sure what the point of wearing that balaclava would be, because it's like, well, that to me just says you're doing something you're not supposed to be doing. You know, for some reason, a balaclava in anything other than someone who is like, actively skiing is suspicious, right? I mean, not for some reason. It just is. Even if your whole face is out, it's like, that seems like you're doing something you're not supposed to be doing, right? I mean, and what's the purpose of it? Like, is are most people most identifiable by the tops of their heads or something? That's stupid. If he was going to wear anything, because later on, he's like pretending to be a window washer or something, and I'm like, yeah, why not wear a window washer uniform? If you're going to cat burglar by going in the window of a high rise, um, if you're on like a window washing thing and you're going up and down the building, is anyone going to be suspicious of that? I think everyone will be like, yeah, all right, that makes sense. So the cat burglar uses some gizmos to, you know, cut a hole in a window and then it blow open a tiny little safe um, with a tiny little explosion that won't alert anyone else to what's going on. Which seems unlikely to me, just because, uh, you know, living in a condo with shared walls and shit, I'm like, I think I can hear it when my neighbor closes the door just about every time. So the idea of not hearing a safe being blown open seems unlikely. Uh, it turns out that the safe belongs to none other than J. Jonah Jameson, who comes home and is horrified. All my stocks, bonds, important papers, gone. The safe is empty someone is going to pay for this which i guess it hadn't even occurred to me that you know stocks and bonds would be like pieces of paper that you had back in the day 
I guess the modern equivalent, you know, he'd be looking in his safe and he'd be like, oh my God, this Bitcoin that I got is gone. This uh, NFT, I don't know, a hyperlink to an M NFT or it's on a flash drive. I don't even know how you get an NFT. I don't know shit about NFTs. If I knew about that, I'd be rich. Or I would own a picture of a monkey that is essentially worthless. My basic understanding of them is that it's like, I own this, this piece of digital art now, and no one else can have it, except they can totally just screenshot it, I guess. Like, what's the diff? Anyway, then some guys are robbing a truck, and they're using magnetic shoes to hold them onto the truck, which, you know, uh, Spider-Man doesn't know about, so they take a quick turn to, like, throw him off the truck. Which is sort of silly because I'm like, isn't the whole point of fucking Spider-Man that he sticks to stuff like a magnet, except it doesn't have to be metal? That seems that seems pretty uh, pretty good. But uh, there's they and they're wearing funny little outfits. These guys, this like squad, is all wearing you know the outfits, the classic superhero like underwear outside the pants thing going on. I wonder if superheroes and villains spend a lot of time talking about their little outfits. I mean, like, you take some, like, in the last issue, we had the Scorpion, or before we've had the Vulture, right? And the outfit is kind of the thing. Like, without the outfit, they don't really have the powers. Iron Man would be another example. But, I mean, Thor could wear whatever he wants, right? Or, like, Captain America could wear whatever he wants. Or Spider-Man could wear whatever he wants. It seems like those folks could compare notes on outfits, but even with the vulture, I'm like, do you need the little shaggy neckline that looks like a feather boa or whatever? Is that necessary? I mean, I know it's not required to help the outfit. It's not like it's, it just makes him look more like an actual vulture, which I, I guess is his goal for some reason. So anyway, Spider-Man uh, loses the, the crooks, but then... Uh, so Jameson's pissed off and, you know, he finds out that it was the cat who stole his shit and, uh, he decides to offer a thousand dollar reward for the, you know, the capture of the cat and, uh, Spider-Man overhears this happening and harasses J. Jonah Jameson by swinging in the window. And then J. Jonah Jameson is imagining, oh shit, Spider-Man is going to catch the cat then I'm going to have to turn over $1,000 to him, and I'm going to be a laughingstock. So Jameson calls Foswell, his shady-seeming reporter, uh, and says, like, find the cat, do whatever you got to do. And uh, Foswell is like, I'm going to use my disguise as Patch, which is a, a, a disguise he's used before and is a mask with an eye patch. <laughs> Which is so weird because I'm like, I guess if you're just meeting up in darkened warehouses, this whole mask thing works. You know, like in the Mission Impossible movies, they kind of made it seem like the mask thing sort of could work. You know, it, it requires some suspension of disbelief, but whatever. But this guy is just like a scumbag who became a reporter. And I'm like, I don't think he's got like Mission Impossible technology. But for some reason, what really tickles me is the idea of like... You're going to have an eye patch built into a like latex mask. Why? What purpose does that serve? Like having an eye patch would be like, oh, maybe it distracts people from what I look like. 
Because, you know, they, I don't know, they're not used to, they're like, well, he only had one eye. <laughs> I, I think if anything, an eye patch would make people look at you more, right? It's sort of like I've thought in the past about, okay, you see these people who have like an adventure van, right? Or they live out of a van. And I was like, if I did that, you know what I would want to do is make it so that I could park on like a residential street and no one would think twice about it. And so I was like, well, maybe it should be like a utility truck or something. But then I was like, oh, well, if you do that, people will probably think like, oh, there's there might be tools and shit to steal out of there. So then I was like, you know what you should do is make it like a pest control vehicle. And that way it's like, nobody's going to complain that you're there, but also I would think people wouldn't break into it and you could put all kinds of shit on it that are like dangerous chemicals, blah, blah, blah. Point being hiding in plain sight. Okay. So Peter Parker eats some apple pie and he tells Aunt May it was the most quote which I, I didn't remember or hear, remember ever hearing his slang, but I think I'm going to try and bring it back because uh, it sounds like something that people today would say. That's fire. Uh, she's so extra. Thanks for that apple pie. It was the most. That sounds like very modern slang to me. I don't know if it's like they tried it at this point and they were like, eh, it didn't work. But... Uh, you know, I, I feel like it could have a, a resurgence. Okay, so Peter Parker happens to run into Liz Osborne, who is going to work and being followed by Flash Thompson because he wants to figure out where he works, I guess, so he can bother her. So she's like, hey, will you distract Flash so that he won't figure out where I work? Which I'm like, I mean... Since you don't know he's a superhero, maybe call the police, but okay. So Peter Parker, it, this is a kinder, gentler, more innocent time. So Peter Parker gets in a little conflict with Flash Thompson uh, and then spots the cat in the background, right? So he's like, fuck, I don't have time to screw around with Flash Thompson. So he gives him some kind of nerve pinch that makes him pass out and leaves him in an alley, quickly changes into his Spider-Man costume, Jumps in the window where the cat was, uh, stops a robbery in progress, and then the guy is like, oh, thank goodness you saved me. You know, he was, uh, I was forced to fire him this morning when I found him stealing, and then he came back to threaten me. And then Spider-Man is pissed off because this isn't the cat, obviously. And uh, he says, don't waste that story on me. Send it to a confession magazine. And I'm like, why are you all pissed off? Like, you saved... You saved a guy, probably saved his life. Uh, you know, you just saved a dude's life. How, why are you so upset about Because it, it wasn't this other guy, who, by the way, isn't killing anyone, is just stealing their stuff? Come on. Anyway, he quickly changes back into Peter Parker, puts him and Flash back into a clinch, and then, you know, Flash wakes up and is like, what is going on? And Peter Parker says... Relax, deadhead. We just bumped our noggins together and knocked ourselves out for a minute. But you'll be okay. Nothing could hurt that thick skull of yours. I have to imagine this is one of the moments that Flash Thompson would look back on upon discovering Spider-Man's true identity and be like, why did I ever think that that was possibly true? What he, The stories he told me, 
they they must have had a time where they sat down and like had a beer and were just like, okay, let's just run down the ridiculous excuses you made. And you can tell me which ones are for real and which ones are just like total made up bullshit. So Betty Brant and Peter finally talk a little bit and Ned Leeds has proposed to Betty and she says, I want a man who has a good steady job who comes home each night to his pipe and his paper and to me. That's what first attracted me to you, Peter. You were so studious, so sincere. You were a good student, a hard worker. You even worked after school taking pictures to make extra money. And then she obviously has something else to say, but Peter Parker storms out. He says, I get the picture. Ned Leeds is the guy for you. I guess it was always him. He's just what you want. A plain, hardworking, average Joe. Well, goody for both of you. I'm like, geez, Peter Parker's really not a man of the people, huh? It's like real down on the average man. They're not all, we can't all be special Spider-Man, asshole. Spider-Man foils a bank robbery that was apparently a contract job where the cat contracted a bunch of goons to rob a bank. And uh, for, I don't know why exactly, just because, and it didn't work out. So then we get to the cat. He's in his uh, apartment and he's got a big map on the wall where he's planning his, his last big score for a while. If there's anything worse than the last big score, it's the last big score for a while. It's like, all right, you can't even commit to having the last big score that's obviously going to go wrong. But uh, he's got a big map on the wall and like the thing about the cat is that he's living my, like, uh, preteen fantasy. You know, when I was, like, 12, I was like, when I'm an adult, I'm going to learn how to pick locks. I'm going to get a thing that cuts holes in a window so I could crawl through it. Not because I wanted to, like, kill people or something, just because I was like, you could just have this? Why doesn't everyone just have this? And then you become an adult, and you're like, I mean, because then you have to, your, your entire closet is filled with bullshit. Like, I don't actually have room in my pantry for food because I've got, you know, a sonic ear device that I could use to listen in on someone. And it's like, what are you listening in on? And you're like, absolutely nothing. But, you know, and I always wanted to have like a plan up on the wall. It's like I'm consulting the plan. So anyway, he's going to go out and uh, rob some shit. And, uh... The Betty calls Peter Parker at home and the phone is ringing and he's like, that's probably Betty. And he's like, I can't take it. If I stay there, I won't be able to help myself. I'll have to pick it up. I'll get out of the house. It's the only way. And the image is a hilarious picture from inside the house. And you can see Peter Parker sprinting away from the ringing phone. Like it's a fucking Twilight Zone episode or something. Uh, it's so good. It's so hilarious. I was reading this book, The 90s, by Chuck Klosterman. And uh, there was a part where he was talking about home phones and cell phones and was saying that, you know, most people would probably expect him to write something about how cell phones are ruining our lives. But he actually thinks the opposite, that the cell phone is more freeing than the home phone. Because with the home phone, you were kind of tied to it. And you had to sort of answer it without knowing who was calling. And then if you made plans with someone, you just sort of had to make plans. 
and then hope that everyone showed up at the appointed place at the appointed time. So cell phones are freeing in a way. But I don't really agree with them because I was like, you know, it, you know, this panel made me think of it because it's the home phone and it's like he's running away from it in terror. Like the only way to not answer the phone is to like sprint out of the house and be like, fuck it, I'll get away from it. Um, I don't really agree with Chuck Klosterman on that one, though, because I think the thing is, is uh, you were sort of tied to the phone, but only when you were at home. Like, the second you leave the house, you're not tied to it anymore, right? So that feels different to me. And I also feel pretty strongly that, like, when you have your phone on you all the time, then it's like, well, you get, you're out for a walk and you get a text and you're just like, eh. Am I out for a walk or am I out for a text? This has been Old Man Pete. So the police catch, uh, catch the cat robbery in progress, and then Spider-Man shows up. And uh, the cat sort of like swings a grappling hook at him and knocks him off a, a rooftop. But then Spider-Man sticks to the wall and the cat is like, ah, I forgot how agile he is and how he can cling to walls, which is like the best word balloon by a villain in a Spider-Man comic. Because I'm like, let me shorten that up for you. You forgot that he was Spider-Man. Everything about uh, what he's doing is Spider-Man shit, and you completely forgot that he can do Spider-Man shit. So they have a big fight on a rooftop. A big, uh, a big water tank gets knocked over. I don't know what's... I could probably do this, you know, on Wikipedia or something. I don't know what's with these water tanks on top of buildings. Uh, the only thing I really know about them is that lady who, like her dead body was found in one in LA. And so people staying in the hotel had been drinking dead body water. Anyway, one of those falls off the roof. <laughs> and then uh, maybe the second best uh, thought balloon in the, of a, a villain. I've tried everything else, but one thing that won't fail is my gun. <laughs> I like that. He's like, I tried my grappling hook. I tried like a smoke bomb. I tried knocking down a water tower. Maybe I'll just fucking shoot him. Oh, the trusty gun. That seems like the way to do it. Uh, the gun doesn't work, by the way. Surprise. It's weird to me that that wasn't his first, you know, like the, his move of absolute desperation is like, maybe I'll try the gun. I'm like, maybe you should try, I don't know, the gun before you try swinging around a grappling hook or something. Uh, then the cat uses a smoke bomb to try and escape, which again, checks the list of things that I was, when I was 12, I was like, yeah, I, I need to throw down a smoke bomb and disappear. Like when I go to a party, if I'm ever invited to a party, that's what I'm going to do. That's how I'm going to leave. But the cops find him. It turns out he, he just jumped down a chimney with a, his grappling hook. And then the cops are like, oh, looky here, there's a hook. I guess we found him. Spider-Man takes pictures, and uh, we cut to J. Jonah Jameson's office, where he's slouched in his chair looking incredibly happy and relieved because uh, he's not going to have to pay Spider-Man $1,000 since the cops got him. And uh, once again, J. Jonah Jameson is the George Costanza of Amazing Spider-Man. He set up a situation where he offered a reward, then was worried he was going to have to pay it to someone he didn't want to pay it to. 
even though the original goal is to just catch this guy, right? But then he's like, oh, the outcome of paying it to Spider-Man is a worse outcome than not catching the guy. So now I'm stuck in this situation where maybe uh, I'll have to pay it to someone I don't want to. And that's pretty much the end. Betty is trying to talk to Peter Parker again. Seems like she has a revelation of some kind for him, but he just keeps like running away. So there you go. We had we had little outfits. We had the terror of the telephone. We had the cat, who uh, I don't I don't remember him making another appearance, and it could be because he had no powers and no outfit. But uh, you never know. I guess these uh, sneaky sneaky cat burglars can always pop up again and amaze us. So uh, that issue was definitely the most, and uh, this show is the most. Tell your friends. <laughs>